Hello there. Chatbots and voice assistants are one of the most important tools in today's and especially in tomorrow's world. But who are the people that make them work? The conversation designers. My name is Aral Soroka, Head of Marketing Operations for Coco Hub Conversational Components. Today we have a special guest from New York City, Rebecca Evanhoe, an independent conversation design and one of the biggest names in the industry. How are you, Rebecca? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. So first of all, how did you get into conversation design? Um, the, the fun story is that I sat next to somebody on an airplane, uh, and that's how I got into the industry. But the, the longer story is, uh, I was living in Gainesville, Florida and met the CEO of a startup, um, who was working on a conversational product. And, um, at, I was supposed to work for them for two weeks, just kind of helping them with writing for these interfaces and ended up working for them for five years. Oh. Um, and so uh, it was it was a pretty uh, pretty fateful airplane ride. But um, I have been a conversation designer for about nine years now. Wow, it's a lot. It's it's older than the bots itself, I think. Um, <laughs> from such a vast experience, uh, how can conversational AI help the industry of e-learning, remote learning that boomed or, or had to boom during the coronavirus era? Yeah, I think as you're observing, we all know that like a big change is coming. So in terms of, um, I, I think that there's a couple of facets here. There's um, cases where people can actually learn things from um, conversational AI interactions, um, whether that's an Alexa skill like one, two, three math, where students, you know, kids can actually practice their math skills. Or um, the, the other kind of angle is people learning how to build conversational AIs through programs like BotMock or VoiceFlow um, as a way to learn basics of coding and tech industry skills. Okay. And from, this, from the teacher's perspective, how big is it as a tool? I think that... That's a good question. I think that there are some people who are who are kind of early champions in this space of using it as a teaching tool, but I think it's still uh, pretty early days. Okay. What is the project or bot or skill that you're most proud of? Oh, this is a good one. Um, the skill that I worked on that got the most vis visibility was the Butterball Turkey Thanksgiving skill. Okay. Um, where you can learn how to cook turkeys and ask questions about how long should you cook your turkey. Um, that, you know, it got a lot of press. It was on the morning show with Kathy Lee and Hoda. This was a few years ago. Um, so that got the most visibility. But the skill that I worked on that I think is the, the best use case was for um, a company that made software that helped people with fleets of trucks manage those trucks. So like they had software that was tracking how much gas the trucks were using and what the cost was and looking for irregular patterns of normalities in the, the gas usage. And so we made a skill for um, fleet managers who were always on the go, like not in traditional offices, to be able to check in on those things with their phone through an Alexa skill. Um, so that was the use case that I thought actually really helped a lot of people. 
is interesting stuff and interesting stuffing, as we can say. <laughs> the nice. You, you <laughs> got one. a nice track, track record. Uh, <laughs> from your experience, sorry for the dead jokes. Uh, from your experience, uh, what is the most important thing for uh, a skill or a chatbot? Um, do you mean for like that it, the most important kind of characteristic? Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, so I would say, I mean, the word that our industry loves is context. Um, it's really important for whether it's a virtual assistant or a chatbot to be able to determine as much about the user's context as, as possible, whether that's through um, asking questions to determine that or whether it's through data that you can get like their location, if they're at home, if they're in their car, if they're on their phone versus a smart speaker, um, because those sorts of things can really change how the interaction should go or they can indicate in many ways what a person is more likely to need. Okay. Um, tell us about something uh, surprising or funny or awkward that happened to you while designing all these uh, skills. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I think every conversation designer probably has um, funny stories about like what, what I would call a false positive, which is when somebody says something and the experience turns up an answer that's unexpected. Um, False positive is a, is a sensitive term nowadays, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, so, um, so yeah, I mean, I think I've had, I had some of those in, in medical contexts, like, um, it, like we, I built a bunch of virtual patient characters that you would sort of interview, so they, they were basically like a chatbot on the back end, but the, um, the interaction was supposed to mimic like a, a nurse talking to a patient, and you know we would ask something about like like how was your day and then we might have a false positive where um the the virtual patient somehow gets mixed up and says like oh well it really burns when i pee or something like that just these like really awkward very you know surprising sort of like out of left field things those those would happen from time to time okay uh, you're teaching conversation design nowadays at Pratt Institute. Uh, how challenging is it uh, to transfer this knowledge you have to the next generation? You know, I think it is a pretty easy thing to get students excited about conversation design. Um, the students that I teach are going to Pratt to get kind of a, a graduate degree in user experience. And so they're like lucky for me, they're already really interested in technology and design. Um, and so I, they're super enthusiastic and, and very well prepared uh, to take the course. I think outside of Pratt, people are just so curious about these technologies that it's pretty easy to get, to get people interested in them. The, the, the luckiest persons of earth are the ones that you're teaching probably, but for who are not <laughs> as lucky. Uh, but our aspiring conversation designer want to get into the profession. What is the tips or advice uh, you can give them how to start? Yeah, I would say there's a couple things. One is follow people on LinkedIn and Twitter who are doing stuff in the field because our community is really good about reposting webinars, you know, podcasts, conversations like this one. Um, there are also a ton of 
classes that you can take outside of any program and some of them are free and some of them uh, cost money but are those are t tend to be higher value and more um, hands-on learning um, so self-educating is one another one is actually building a project even if you're making a really simple prototype in like bot society or bot mock which are just prototyping programs um, even if you're making a simple one with no code and doing a little bit of user testing, you're going to learn a lot from that. Um, so doing something on your own is definitely important. And then in terms of like, how do you actually get that first job? Um, a lot of times smaller companies are, are looking for people who are really enthusiastic, but also are able to wear a lot of hats. So, I found that, I mean, that was my entry into the field was finding like a startup that was looking for someone to do a piece of the puzzle. And then typically in a startup, um, if you can demonstrate your value and if you're a team player, your role can really expand. So that tends to be a good entry point for a lot of people. And uh, what similarities could you find between design and conversation and being a teacher? That's interesting. So. That's a great question. So I would say that when you are designing conversation and when you're teaching, you're looking to your users for feedback, right? You're, you're sort of looking to them to get confirmation that like the, the transaction that you're trying to have is taking place. So, um, and also teaching, you have to consider context a lot too. Like my teaching changed this past semester quite drastically when we went from the first two months in person to the last three months uh, completely virtual. So there's similar context considerations as well. Okay, so thank you very much. Uh, Rebecca Avenow, Independent Conversation Design. It was a great pleasure to have you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was very fun. To me, for me too. And uh, for everybody watching, don't forget to check out our hub at uh, cocohub.ai, the place to build, test, expand, and improve your conversational components and your bots. Take care. Bye-bye.